following podcast is for mature audiences only. It may contain explicit language or content. If you are under the age of 18, Fortnite is calling you. Plus, this podcast will most certainly contain nudity, and you don't want to see that. Welcome to the New With Tags podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. We are a longtime married couple enjoying the latest chapter in our lives. We hope that through sharing our personal insights and the advice we'd give our 20-year-old selves, we will encourage you to live your most authentic lives wherever you are in your journey. Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a sexy podcast. And yes, we will be telling some fun and sexy stories while I wear my new with tags lingerie. Let's get started. What are we waiting for? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Hi, Jamie. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm good to see you in your new lingerie today. That's right, my new Tags lingerie today. New Tags lingerie is a very, very hot black fishnet. I don't know what you call that from the... Crop top? Crop top, yeah, it's better than what I would have come up with. But yes, <laughs> what would you have called it? I don't know. It's hot, though. <laughs> very, very nice. So very I nice. so I have the black crop top that you black bought me mm-hmm. when I was out of the country mm-hmm. and you were thinking about me. I, I haven't did. had a chance to wear. Think so, about me when you're in the country too. Yes, but that's actually why you bought it for me, this yes. particular outfit. Correct. And then the really sexy panties. Do you remember the panties? No, but oh, I see them that. Very nice. Very nice. Yes, uh, and they have the pearls the down. Pearls. They're kind of a crotchless panty with the pearls. Very sexy. Very sexy. I like it. So, new sexy lingerie sitting here ready to record. Technically, it's episode two, but because of the way that Podbean and iTunes and everything else wants to call it, we're just going to have to say it's episode three because that's how they how they count them. You can't have episode zero. We have episode three. Then. It's not a thing, but episode. this is episode three? Episode three. Welcome to episode three. Glad to be here. <laughs> so... We start off our podcast every week with sort of what's hot in social media. And so I have a couple of things this time, actually. The big thing has been Kickmageddon, as coined by Kate from Swinging Down Under. I love that. Today, just so that everybody knows, is October the 13th. It's when we're recording. And it's about 522. And that matters in a minute. I'll explain why. You're looking at me like... Yeah, I have no idea why. You have no idea. I have some surprises in store for you. They're not that great. They're not that great. I promise. So it's October 13th and about, what, maybe three and a half weeks ago, the people who own Kick announced that they were going to be shutting Kick down. Ooh. Ooh. And everybody scrambled. I mean, everybody scrambled because at the time they did not announce a date for that. I mean, they, they didn't say when it was going to end, just that they were going to, they were in the middle of um, SEC investigation. And so they were going to concentrate on that as well as their cryptocurrency, their coin currency that they have, their parent company. So everybody scrambled and um, Kate from Swinging Down Under did an amazing job in a really short amount of time of looking at all of the other messaging apps. So I guess for people who don't know, Kick is a messaging app and um, used by a lot of people in the lifestyle and we used it. We were on Kick. So we scrambled. We actually have a group of people who are going to be with us when we go down to Pearl in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, 20 days, but who's counting? Is that yeah, the... 20 I'm counting. Yeah. So we'll be down in at Desire Pearl from November 2nd through the 9th with a bunch of people who have been there before and a bunch of people who we've never met. So looking forward to getting down there. But we had this group message going 
And it was like, oh, we got to get everybody moved over. And so before Kate got out her podcast, which I think she had out like in two days, it was something ridiculous. I know how much work it takes for me to put together this podcast. The idea of the amount of work that she did investigating all of the different messaging apps is absolutely crazy. So big hats off. Kate's the one who coined Kickmageddon. I'm going to use it, giving her all the credit. It is not my word. It is Kate from Swinging Down Under's word. You're sitting there quietly. I'm good. Yeah, you're good. I'm just admiring your outfit. I really <laughs> like it. You're a little distracted. You're awful quiet. Yeah, it's, it works for me. <laughs> it's actually pretty sexy. Maybe I'll take it down to Desire with this. Yeah, that would be I don't great. know what I'd wear it for. Lunch. Lunch. <laughs> actually, it would probably qualify. Mm-hmm. So, three weeks ago, everybody scrambled. We went to MeWe which has been kind of a, not very intuitive, actually. Everybody, no, especially the first few days everybody was on it was really confused. Yeah, it, it's not that great. Not intuitive. Not intuitive, no. But but we went there, we set up our groups, we have people on MeWe now. And as I mentioned, it is 5 o'clock on October the 13th. And at noon today, there was an announcement on social media that Kick is here to stay, and they're making some really exciting plans to making the app even better. So... They had announced a couple of days ago that there was somebody who had signed a letter of intent to buy them. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing, there seems to be a theory out there that the game company Zynga actually bought them. So Zynga's had some security breaches, so nobody's really particularly happy about that. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it looks like Kick is actually here to stay. You know. So now what? So now they know. Now we have to figure out if we stay with Kick, what we do. We're going to figure that out. But... I thought it was interesting because, you know, Kick has, I, I couldn't believe that they would fold. I was doing some research when we were looking at into this, preparing for the podcast, and Kick has uh, reportedly, reportedly, has 300 million users. That's a lot. Why would you shut that down? Now, it said, they said it took a million dollars a month to run the app. The question I have is whether or not this was an effort to secure a bidder. If there was, I just wonder if there's some corporate gamesmanship going on with it. Most likely, yeah. Just kind of curious. The MeWe, uh, where they announced like, woo, we've hit 6 million users. That was a big joke. Like, there are 6 million swingers because they all moved to MeWe. <laughs> Although, I don't know that I would have stayed with MeWe if Kick, we'll have to see what happens with Kick, but Wire actually seems to be... It's an it's a business messaging app. And you're looking at me. I've never heard of it either. I've only heard of it. I've never yeah. used it. I, so we may we may end up moving to that, but we'll let people know. But right now we're both on Kick and MeWe. That was going to be our social media segment for today. But something else funny happened. Okay. Okay. So that one I knew about. So remember, it's October the 13th when we recorded this. About an hour ago, they released the Fortnite. Um, no. Oh, just wait. Yeah. We may have to record our entry, re-record our intro. Evidently, it was like this big release thing that Fortnite did. And so people were, all, I can't remember, I haven't seen the final numbers, but like millions of people were logged in, right? Because this was like the end sort of launch of the new season, end of the last season. Yeah, right now on the homepage, everything basically, so there's a map in Fortnite, you know? Yes. It, Blew up. Blew up. There's now like all that's on their website and social media is like a big black hole. Oh. Oh. And so everybody's like, is it gone? Actually, even somebody actually had a little thing that showed uninstall. It was just really bad. So I don't know. 
What are 18-year-olds going to do? I don't know, because Fortnite is calling them. Fortnite is calling. It, it may not change. Fortnite is calling. That's right. So I just thought it was funny. It is funny. That it hit today. Um, and so who knows? We may be re-recording our intro, but I think this is more just, it's a new release. Maybe Fortnite bought Kick. That would be funny. There you go. And we're all going to So follow. we're going to merge the 18-year-olds and the older ones, too. So There, there we, we go. go. 18-year-olds and swingers, what what could possibly possibly go wrong? wrong. (laughs) So I couldn't believe when I saw that today. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I was like, oh, no. So it was just funny. That's what it looks like. Wow. It does look like a black hole. It literally looks like a black hole. Fortnite's end event just destroyed everything with a black hole, and no one knows what's coming next. So a bunch of 18-year-olds are losing their ever-loving mind on Twitter. Wow. So when we release this so next week, do, we'll know. What do you do on a day when there's no Fortnite? You just stare at the screen. I don't. I mean, it's crazy. Like, there's just, yeah. And what was all this for? This was, so, so it was the end of a season. Okay. And I think what they're going to do is get rid of that Let's iconic map, and they're kind of New reinventing, maps. we think. Or it could be the end of Fortnite. I don't know. Doubt it. But... It was like a two and a half minute ending. I mean, good. Did anybody know it was coming? So it looked like there were some rumors because I was out doing some searching then afterwards because we don't play Fortnite. No. Um, and it's our cool son, game. our son didn't mention it to us this weekend when we saw him. But I, they, they think because again I haven't played the game, but you know we've also we've seen the map. If you watch your yes. kid play, you sort of see the map. And I guess that map has been in place kind of since the beginning of time. And they've brought things in and out, kind of brought things back. And so now they're kind of imploding it and they're going to start. Like it's a new game, but not a new, like, yeah. So I don't know. It's pretty cool. Some of these reactions are priceless. I told you people were losing like, young kids were losing, losing their, their ever minds. Mind. I don't know if Fortnite is ending or not. Fortnite is calling. Fortnite is Fortnite will continue Go to the call. Light. Go towards the light. It will continue to call. We'll see if if by, comes. if by right if by next month we'll have to re-record our intro. Although Fortnite will be calling them for a long time. What else? Anything else? Not on that topic. We probably ought to move on to our next segment, which would be the part which would be the next segment. <laughs> which we could move on to the next segment, which would be the letter. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> segment next. Fortnite is calling. Fortnite lost me. Oh, sorry, I really did throw you for a loop, didn't I? It's a fun game to watch. It is a fun game to watch. I can't play it, but it's fun to watch. I know, right? All right. Why don't we move on to our next segment? Okay, let's move on. So this month, what would you share with your 20-year-old self? 
I get to have another episode all about me. Every episode is about you. Everything we do is all about you. Aww, all the time. That's very sweet. It's not true, but it's very sweet. It's true, and it's not intentional. But it just <laughs> happens. Smartass. Yep. All right. Dear Janie, right now you are struggling with not being first in Kevin's life. You know that things like school and work are important parts of adulting, but you are feeling like you deserve more, and you do. You deserve to be the first thing in someone's life. It seems a little crazy to be jealous of a thing and not a person, but there will be times when you will feel jealous of another woman. I promise you'll grow to understand that your personal jealousy comes from insecurity. You'll grow and learn and, believe it or not, will experience a happiness in place of that jealousy. Your time will come. That was a very thoughtful letter you shared about your 20-year-old self or what you would tell your 20-year-old self. It leads us into our topic for today of jealousy and compersion. You've done a lot of research on the topic. So yeah, I've spent a lot of time over the last few weeks researching this, probably way more than I should have. I actually got into, I'll share some research I did. Well, I didn't do the research. I read the research papers. I actually was scrutinizing their statistical methods And I finally said, this is a podcast. I'm not defending a thesis or trying to poke holes at a thesis. I just need to somewhat accept their conclusions because I don't necessarily agree with all the conclusions that I I read. They were amazingly poorly written, too. (laughs) I was reading them out loud to you at one point, and I'm like... They don't even have complete sentences. No, it was terrible. It was terrible, right? And actually, I went back and looked, and that paper had been resubmitted. And I'm like, oh, dude, they. I Probably can't imagine how ed, how much they had. Jefferson to... Elementary School or whatever? No, no. It was actually pretty good research. It just was written by people who were really into numbers and statistics ah. and not necessarily into English. Um, so, yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks researching jealousy and compersion because it's an interesting topic. We've, we've spent a lot of time um, over the last couple of years talking about how what we experience and our feeling in the lifestyle is not at all what we anticipated. and oh, Very, very different. Yeah. It, it's almost the opposite of what we thought it would be. And it wasn't until we started listening to podcasts that I had ever heard the word compersion. Mm-hmm. It, never heard it. Never heard I'm it. Still not sure it's a real word, but I, it's, it's out there. It, it is, and it's in the research paper, so, you know, it must be true. It's on the internet. It's, it's got to be true. It's on the internet. So as I was looking at this, the whole topic of jealousy, jealousy is really pretty well studied and defined. Documented. And documented. And you you can find a definition of jealousy. And so what's interesting is they talk about really three different kinds of jealousy. And and I think it's really important because as we get into the research, I'll talk a little bit about what monogamous people felt and non-monogamous, and I won't get into all of the details about why the studies are flawed. There are three categories of jealousy. The first is cognitive jealousy. And what cognitive jealousy is, is the frequency of a person's suspicions and worries regarding a partner's interest in a rival and interest received from a rival. So it's really being all about being in your head. So this is that loop that you have running in your head um, about other people, about your partner, about other people. The second category is emotional jealousy. And what that talks about is how upset a person is when they're exposed to jealousy provoking situations. So you're in a situation 
where you're made to be jealous or you have an opportunity to be jealous and how much do you react to that? How upset do you get? So sort of a scale on that. And then the third type of jealousy is behavioral jealousy, which is the frequency in which a person engages in detective and protective behaviors such as questioning and surveillance of their partner. So those are three high level, very scientific definitions. And we're going to talk about how the scientists measure those three types of jealousy. How you think about it, how you feel about it, and how you behave to it. How you act upon it. Act upon it. In my research, there are basically two papers that have been published in the last five years or so. One came out at the beginning of this year, and another one came out um, in 2014. And they're both pretty good studies as they go. Again, there's some flaws in them. I'll put links to the names of the different research papers and researchers in the show notes before we publish. But they use a scale called the multidimensional jealousy scale. And I had you actually take this. I took this. I took this test because this is, I think, one of the very first flaws. So this is a very common tool. I see this tool used in a lot of psychology research papers around jealousy. And there are some, there are eight questions under each type of jealousy. So cognitive, emotional, and behavioral. And what I find concerning about the studies is that if you wear your swinger hat, your lifestyle hat, your poly hat, and you answer these questions, you could inadvertently skew your score higher. Greatly higher. Actually. Greatly higher. We, we actually both took the test and I was like a good eight points higher when I took it just from a swinger standpoint. So let me, let, I'm going to kind of walk through the questions because I think it's really interesting. So if you don't know, if, if you, somebody hands you the survey and says, we're going to test or we're, we're trying to measure your response to being in the lifestyle and how you deal with your partner, right? And that's how they, how they lay it out. They don't talk about it being from a jealousy standpoint. Here are some, here are the questions. So the cognitive is how often do you have the following thoughts about your partner? So if I asked you the question, I would be, the question would be, I suspect that Jamie is secretly seeing someone of the opposite sex. So you would answer on a scale of one to five, sort of never to always. So how often do you think about so I want you to answer answer from a just a pure lifestyle perspective, right? So this is how I suspect that Jamie is secretly seeing someone, secretly being the keyword, secretly seeing someone of the opposite sex. Never. Never. I'm worried that some member of the opposite sex might be chasing after Jamie. No. Because you were not worried, right? I hope so. But. <laughs> I suspect that Jamie may be attracted to someone else. Yes. So you might put that somewhere in the high scale, always. Probably. Mm-hmm. Often. Which would skew scores. Right? Often. So mm-hmm. let's often. So that would have a higher score. I suspect that Jamie may be physically intimate with another member of the opposite sex behind my back. No. I think that some members of the opposite sex may be romantically interested in Jamie. Probably. Maybe. You might have a higher score there, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm worried that someone of the opposite sex is trying to seduce Jamie. I hope so. Worried maybe being the keyword. keyword, Right. So worried. So probably not though. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that Jamie is secretly developing an intimate relationship with someone of the opposite sex. Not secretively. Right. 
I suspect that Jamie is crazy about members of the opposite sex. Yes. Okay. So you, you answered some of the, and we, we didn't do the whole scale of one to five, mm-hmm. right? But you answered those higher just thinking about it from a lifestyle perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you, and keywords influenced it. Would it secretly or worried? I think the tool is, the questionnaire is valid, right? Where I think that there are problems is, I think that some members of the opposite sex may be romantically interested in Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, lifestyle, I think some people are. But if I think about those things, if I know I'm looking at it from a jealousy standpoint, I suspect that Paul might be attracted to someone of the opposite sex. Well, scores high from a lifestyle perspective. From a jealousy perspective, that doesn't bother me. From a jealousy standpoint, I may not think about you being attracted or having other people attracted to you. Right. So, but I just think that this tool has some flaws from Mm -hmm. a lifestyle perspective. The emotional questions are, how would you emotionally react to the following situations? Jamie comments to you how great looking a particular member of the opposite sex is. Yeah. Frequently. Frequently. Lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We're talking lifestyle answers. Jamie shows a great deal of interest or excitement in talking to someone of the opposite sex. Yes. Very much so. Jamie smiles in a friendly manner to someone of the opposite sex. Unless they do something stupid. Yes. A member of the opposite sex is trying to get close to Jamie all the time. Probably. Sometimes. Jamie is flirting with someone of the opposite sex. Yep. Someone of the opposite sex is dating Jamie. Yeah, dating's a, the weird word there. Jamie hugs and kisses someone of the opposite sex. Yeah, probably. Jamie works closely with a member of the opposite sex in school or at the office. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So from a lifestyle perspective, you answered those questions. Mm-hmm. Now put the, f- the jealousy framework, right? Mm-hmm. How would you emotionally react thinking out about it from a jealousy standpoint? Jamie comments on how great looking a member of the opposite sex is. Ouch. <laughs> seriously? Okay. No, not seriously. So it would be never. You wouldn't emotionally react to that in a jealous way. No. Showing a great deal of interest in someone in the opposite sex in a jealous way. Would no. you react? No. How would you emotionally react to me smiling to somebody in a friendly manner? Not in a jealous way. Right? It, so so you start looking at this this tool and you see how you see how the research could be flawed. Mm-hmm. Right? Skewed. 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 It's, it's, and flawed is not the right word. I just think they don't have a better tool. This is a common tool, mm-hmm. but it's not helpful. So behaviors become a little bit cleaner from my perspective. So how often do you engage in the following behaviors? You can answer this from a lifestyle perspective to begin with. I look through Jamie's drawers, handbag, or pockets. Nope. I call unexpectedly just to see if I'm here. Never. I question you about previous or present romantic relationships. No. From a lifestyle perspective. Maybe a little, yeah. You ask me all the time. Oh, do I? I yes. How you. how often? Oh, yeah, I ask you, you know, all the time. <laughs> I question Jamie about previous or present romantic relationships. Yes. Right? Frequently. Frequently. I question Jamie about his or her tele or her. I question Jamie about her telephone calls. Nope. I question Jamie about her whereabouts. Nope. I join in whenever I see Jamie talking to a member of the opposite sex. Yes. I pay Jamie a surprise visit just to see who's with her. No. No. So see, it's a little cleaner. When mm-hmm. you start looking at it with the jealousy filter, then the things that you answered high, right, about 
questioning about previous or present romantic relationships from a jealousy standpoint. It's low. Yeah. Right. I think the I join in whenever I see Jamie talking to a member of the opposite sex. Yeah. Right. It's it's not, not from a jealousy, jealousy standpoint, right? It's not an over the sh- looking over your shoulder. It's being a part of it. Yeah. And so that was some of the really interesting results. So so the the research was looking at how do those behaviors correlate with the opposite behavior. But as the researchers were looking at the outcomes of these behavioral assessments, there was not that much difference between the people who were engaged in a monogamous relationship and the people who were in a non-monogamous relationship. And I questioned that when I spent a lot of time looking at that, which is why I pulled up the tool, Mm -hmm. because it didn't, it surprised me. So that finding surprised me. And as I looked at it, I could see how, and and in their conclusions and in their, their discussion of the limitations of the tool, it was obvious that nobody had, well, or they weren't going to say it to their research partners, had looked at it from the perspective of being in the lifestyle or being poly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a, these are common behaviors that aren't about jealousy, where in a monogamous relationship, right, it's, it's a different dynamic. So the, the scores were not nearly as different as I expected them to be. They were still different. The people who engaged in consensual non-monogamy had lower scores, um, of jealousy, of jealousy. Interestingly, you know, as they were looking at jealousy, it was just, it, it was, there were some, there were some interesting findings between men and women. Women had a higher emotional react reaction than men. Interestingly enough, men and women thought about it the same amount, which probably wasn't a surprise, but I, I just find it interesting that you guys seem to be all in your head and the women tend to surprise at all. So you think about, you think about it and that, from a jealousy standpoint, right? You think about it. You're, you're using that thinking part of your head, but you don't necessarily react. It doesn't upset you. Right. And there's some difference in reaction, but you don't react much to it. So you think about it, but you don't react much to jealousy in general. It's what they found. Men and women think similarly mm-hmm. as it pertains to jealousy. I think they, they feel a little different, or at least express that. Right. But I think I would, I would think just from experience, the reaction is different. Yeah. So the research varied on how often men and women thought about jealous or had jealous thoughts. It was interesting. So I, I answered that one question, um, but that was one research that this research is sort of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have some nice handy conclusions that I don't know that I necessarily agree with, but certainly Men and women, uh, according to the happy green-eyed monogamist, the name of the research study, had jealous thoughts about equally. Women had a higher behavioral, so they acted on it, and they had a higher emotional reaction to it as well. So I don't know that that surprised me Mm -mm. really, but I did find it interesting that men think about it and feel it a little bit more than they do behavior that they exhibit the behaviors is just really interesting about it. Flip side of jealousy. And and we've had a couple of conversations about this is the idea of compersion. And again, new word for us and new word for researchers. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to measure it. 
So researchers define compersion along the lines of seeing your partner with someone from the opposite sex and, and finding happiness or pleasure in that. And it was interesting because I was like, okay, well, that's a very sexual viewpoint. viewpoint. Yeah. So what's the word if you're just happy for other people? And there is no word. So, so taking, taking a romantic relationship off the table when something wonderful happens to your best friend. So something amazing happens to my vanilla friend, Gracie, and I'm really happy. I'm genuinely excited and happy and, you know, just completely having positive feelings about what that is. There's no word for that. I've never seen one. There's no word for that. Mm-mm. I'm happy for them. I mean, it's all the ways I just described it. And that's odd to me because in our non-romantic life, in our non-sexual life, right? With our friends, with our coworkers, with, you know, even our spouse in a non-romantic way. If something happens that's really amazing and positive and joyful and whatever to our friends, to our relatives, there's no word that we have in the English language that describes that. No, there's not. But we have jealousy. Jealousy. What? I mean, isn't, I just find that really interesting. I find it fascinating that there's nothing, nothing there. Or even that the compersion took that long to come into play but 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 you think the friendships and the less sexual would come into play first in in everyday life why i mean why do you think that is that it's not coming to play why why do we not have a word for that i have no idea it's it's strange mm-hmm. it, people lean to the negative first maybe the jealousy versus the positive i mean even even when you talk about podcast today, a common word, you know, sex positive. Mm-hmm. Okay, why does positive even have to come into play? It does because there's so much negativity in the world. I mean, that's people doubt themselves first. People think the worst first all the time. That's my guess. I, But to not have something like that, it, it just floors me. I mean, there may be a word we don't know about it, but I've not come across it. There's there's a word that, that has a little bit of a religious connotation that's as close as I could come. And it's a word that is used to describe a type of love that we show to one another um, within the Christian faith, and that's agape. And that is that is the closest I can come, but that's more about love rather than happiness. Mm-hmm. But that was the that was that was the closest I could come to to a word. I, it's just interesting to me why I, I I don't know why that is. Yeah, it just it floors me that there's not anything like that, or that there's tons of research on jealousy and almost nothing on the flip side of you know the opposite of that is compersion. Well, mm-hmm. okay, that's just the opposite. What does that mean? Nobody has. I've not seen very many factual studies or even with the bent of it's okay to be positive. Well, yeah. And, and it's what I find 
interesting is there is an expectation in our non-relationship lives that we celebrate and encourage other people. So we celebrate their accomplishments. We're, we're encouraged to be happy for them. We're encouraged to, to do all of those things when that person is either interacting with other, other people or other things. And it doesn't extend into our romantic relationships unless you look at, at the lifestyle or consensual non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the research around compersion. Because we've talked about okay. compersion. It, it's not generally accepted that it's the opposite of jealousy, interestingly enough. It's the closest we have. That's how they define it. So there was a researcher who developed back in 2009 a questionnaire. He was actually a German researcher to try to get to the bottom of compersion. And it's called the Compersion Trait Questionnaire. So this tool was developed to look at compersion in a very specific polyamorous relationship perspective. And the questions are geared very much around polyamory, or as as I perceive polyamory. I, I, I will be the first person to say I am not an expert. I play one on the podcast, obviously. Um, but I am not an expert around polyamory, but the research, this German researcher was looking specifically at polyamorous relationships where you have triads or quads that are emotionally invested in on a long-term, long-term being somewhat, um, amorphous actually, but in a long-term relationship with more than one like a primary partner, they actually identify them as primary and secondary. And we know not every poly relationship has a, has that hierarchy, but this is the tool that they, that researchers are using to try to measure compersion. The problem is it's not a great tool for people who are in open relationships with engaging in consensual non-monogamy because while we may form friendships, so we talk about, I I identify us as social swingers. If we're going to put a swinger label on, I hate that name, but we are about relationship, but it's not about romantic relationship. We form friendship bonds, social bonds with the people that we hang out with, the people in our tribe, but we don't have deep emotional connections um, where we're engaging in, in those type of relationships. That's the questionnaire that gets used when we talk about compersion. So again, not a great tool. It, it's it's a One good tool. or the other. It, it's... Yeah, I mean, it, it talks very much about falling in love. They are, th- there's some good questions. You know, I want to be informed when my partner falls in love with someone else. I'd be hurt. So the other the kind of converse of that, I'd be hurt if my partner fell in love with someone else. So there's some compersion there, but not really, because if you're in a poly relationship, that may be exactly what you're looking for. If you're in a more traditional lifestyle, open CNM relationship, you may not want your partner falling in love with somebody. I mean, it's, it, it, the, the, there is no good tool. I guess that's the, the short answer to what I've been rambling about for the last 20 minutes, but it's interesting how they measure compersion. So I'm not sure that even in the research that shows a, what they call a negative correlation between jealousy and compersion. So if as a woman, I have a high level of compersion for what's going on with my partner, my spouse, then I tend to have a very low level of jealousy. 
So they're negatively Mm -hmm. associated. And so that works. But I also, again, I, I see limitations to the tools thinking what is compersion in our relationship, in the folks that we've talked to about this, because this topic comes up a lot, it comes up nearly every time we sit down and talk to a new couple or we're hanging out and, and there's four or five couples and we talk about, we, we talk about how it's compersion has kind of a, been a surprise to us in the lifestyle. And when you talk to people, I am happy when our friends who we have played with find another couple and have a, you know, have a great night and they get to play with other people. I am like, that's amazing. I'm glad you had a great time. So, so I've compersion or whatever the word is for our lifestyle friends. I have a compersion for you and I think just in general, we need a better word in the English language to describe that feeling that is the opposite of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. I think on that note, the listeners, our tribe, deserve at least one sexy story. At least one sexy story. You think? I think so. Okay. Okay, why don't we start in with a story that has to do with a topic around compersion and jealousy. Probably takes us back to our first ever foray into anything lifestyle-ish. And I remember, well, it would have been around a birthday, and you were looking into places we might want to go someplace different. We've always liked being naked. Um, So you came across Desire. Desire Pearl specifically, and um, hey, let's book that, and you know, that was awesome, and then we talked about it for a while, and we got more excited and nervous, and we were starting to get, oh, three months out from being ready to go, we had a nice dinner, actually fancy dinner. Well, before that, you had asked me, how would you feel uh, true. if we yeah. played, if, if, if we had other people play with us and... and Basically, it was how would you feel about kissing another man or how would you feel if somebody else touched you? It was very concentrated on me. Yes, and you were very excited about that. I got there. Yes, you I were. did not it's, start there. No, but the, the green light went off. I'm like, this sounds fun. True. So then we go to a nice dinner and that comes up again. You were very excited of, yes, I think I'm really ready for something like this if something led to something else for me. And then I threw out the question of, well, what if something happens with me and somebody else? Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, it freaked you the heck out. Oh, it Even more than freaked me out. Crying. Oh, it was bad. We argued. Oh, it dinner was in a nice bad. restaurant. We were downtown. You were so not ready for the flip side of the coin. I was it, not. It went from compersion in your head with yourself and me going, I think I'm ready for this, to you going, uh-uh, 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 not ready for this. So I did not know what it really was we were getting into. In, in reality, what I what I thought it would be like is not what it was, what it turned out to be. But, I mean, I just, the thought, and, and I, I'm going to tag it as jealousy. I, I, don't, I don't know that it was just purely jealousy, but yeah, getting the, back to the, the insecurities... Somebody could steal my man. Yeah, that was really came mm -hmm. up, and it was never even. I I found. I mean, we talked about it for three or four months. Oh yeah, 
And that thought never crossed your it mind? Did. I'm like, back to the, it's all about you? <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. I love you. You love me. Yeah. It was... <laughs> Not that moment you didn't. No, but um, but you. So you had been. I mean, in in our previous life, you had. There have been other times where it has been, where we've either talked about or acted where it's been all about me. So it was just true. a natural place for me to go. It was, but it was a, it was a stumbling block for a little while. It was yeah. actually very enlightening, and it it led to, hey, we've got three months to get there. Some great open communication and great dialogue every, um, not every night, but at least a couple of nights a week of, mm-hmm. let's talk about this, to a point where we were both really comfortable to go. Don't know where this could go, but I'm not opposed to whatever happens. Yeah, that was that was the great thing, right, is that it could have, it could have shut that down. It could have shut down the trip. It could have shut down everything. But as you hear on just about every other podcast, what it really did was just solidify and gave us the topic to really delve into what is it that was really bothersome and and for you to really help me process through that and to say if if I was feeling like someone was going to take my man which is actually, I mean, that's, that's what it was. That's exactly what it was until that moment. I was completely confident in our marriage Mm -hmm. and it just crumbled everything. Well, it didn't crumple. It called a question, Mm -hmm. right? It called a question and it made me, there was a level of, I I, want to say I was very laissez faire about it. Leading up to it. Well, the idea of, I knew we had a strong marriage I was comfortable with our marriage. I never worried that you would cheat. I never, right. I, I never worried about those things. I had somebody who put me first and I hadn't really taken the time to work through the reality of, is this marriage really strong? It, it I, I, I was lazy about it really. And that conversation, the, that conversation that happened over the course of two months, really was, I mean, there was a lot of work I did digging out of what were those feelings and why was I feeling it? And you did a great job of being able to reassure me and not just with the words one time, but with ongoing comments. And so by the time we were ready to go, I was in a really good place. Yeah. Until we got down there. Yeah. I'm the one who, you know, what, three months leading up to it. Between the excitement and the nerves, I lost sleep. I was a mess. But then I finally got to the point of, I'm really good with this. Let's go. And I was excited. And then we landed in Mexico. And then I'll let you pick it up from here. (laughs) So we were in the van. From the airport. From the airport going to Desire Pearl for our first trip. And I just was like, Oh my gosh, like my, I started to get sick to my stomach and the nerves, I was going to yak. The nerves were hitting. I was getting a headache. I mean, and I was just like, you were sweating. I was sweating. It was bad. What's up with that? And 
I mean, because really, for the most part, this whole trip was my idea. It was like your it was idea. a naked resort. It was sexy yeah. fun. It was and like I'm very grateful that it was your idea, mind you. You're a very lucky man. I am a lucky man. Um, but I I just remember going and driving down there, going, this is either going to be the best vacation we've ever taken, or it's going to be the absolute worst. And I brought one dress that was very conservative. Everything else, and, and has been my philosophy every time we've gone down, is I don't take clothing that I could wear anywhere but at Pearl. Yeah. And so I had a whole suitcase full of those. Two. Well, I had shoes yeah. and costumes. Yeah. And, and I just was thinking this is this is this could be bad. And then, you know, we get there and we end up I have to go we have to go sit down on the beach. You know, we show up, it's the buffet, and everybody's naked, and I didn't know what to do with that. And so we went, at the time, Pearl had a swing down by the beach, and we just sat on the swing, and you held my hand, and I'm like, okay, we can do this. And then, I mean, once I got naked, it was fine. We had some problems. There's a very distinctive smell perfume that Desire uses as a basically an air freshener, and it was exceedingly strong that trip, and it hasn't been that strong in any other trip since. I, I don't know what it was, but it was giving me a headache, and I really was like that first night. I was like, you were going to go home. I'm like, this this may be it. We may need to leave. I don't know that I can stay here. Mm-hmm. So it was, oh, it was terrible. I'm glad I stayed too. Yeah. So fast forward three or four nights, and by this time, I've settled in. I'm super comfortable. We've met a lot of really nice people. We were on the quiet end of the pool for that trip because that was also my safety net. I don't want to be down where all that crazy naked play happens. Where the interaction is happening. <laughs> right. Be here with the quiet people who be- don't, don't speak our language. Well, some of them didn't some speak them did. our mm-hmm. didn't speak the language. But I think a lot of the yellow bands, the newbies, end up down on the quiet end of the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was lovely. It was lovely. But we were sitting next to a couple we had spent. I mean, they... I don't know when they got in. I think they were there before we got they there. They were there before us. Um, but our chairs happened to be right next to a lovely Canadian couple. And so we just started talking to them and chatting them up, and, and it was great. And so we end up going out. They invite us to dinner one night, and we're at dinner, and I can remember that dinner. We were in the Pearl, the Pearl restaurant. Mm-hmm. And we're having a dinner and I'm sort of like this shit's about to get real. Yeah, we are way overhead. Oh, we were so <laughs> overhead. They were lovely. No pressure. It was all in my own head. I mean, it, it was all in my own head. They were really truly lovely people. And I was just like, "Oh, I don't know that I'm ready for this." And so we had gone back for to change. So we'd gone back we'd finished dinner, we'd gone back to our room to change into whatever the theme was for that night. I don't even remember. Latin. Was it Latin? It was Latin. That's right, because I had on my white one, red dress, one my conservative one conservative dress. dress. <laughs> um, yeah, my sundress. And uh, I can remember, <laughs> I can remember we were standing in the lobby before everything started and and we we're kind of by the steps. And the, the woman walked up to you, was kind of standing next to you, and I think she even gave you a hug. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking over and in my head, I'm like, wow, they make a really nice looking couple. And then it was like the screech on the record, you know, you know, like, what did I just say? What did I just think? What was that? And oh, 
okay. I'm okay with that. Why am I, uh, am I really okay with that? And I mean, all of that processing happened within like four seconds, but that was my first glimpse of how I would grow to feel and experience through time around compersion, because that was that, wow, they just, you, you guys are talking and happy. And I just, and I really remember thinking they make such a nice looking couple. It was such a 180 from three months before when the jealousy kicked in. Right. And partly because we got to know them. Oh, they were lovely. He's not going to take my man. She's not going to take my man. He wasn't going to either. He didn't either. Fair enough. Um, She's not going to take my man. Yeah. So, you know, in honor of our, our, our upcoming trip to Pearl in a couple of weeks. Yay. Yay. So happy. That, that was our first trip. That was, that was the one of our experiences in that first trip. And that was really that first foray into to really seeing what that whole idea of compersion in the lifestyle would be. But since we promised a sexy story, we did. why don't you start the story of the last time we were at Pearl? We had a lot of good stories there. So why don't you pick one? And you can think about which one maybe between you and I maybe had the best sense of that idea of compersion. From a compersion perspective, maybe, I mean, if it was the last time, might have been the last time, that we finally went into the sin room. I can't believe it took us, that was our fifth trip? Fifth trip. Before we, we always wanted to try the sin room. I had this weird, like, I don't know, weird he, not heebie-jeebies isn't the right word, but I'm like... That's what you had, yeah. I don't... It was... I just... And, weird, and I'm not... Maybe it's the name. It just had a weird connotation. Yeah, I, I we guess. we would always... You know, well, we'd look in there. Like, no one was ever in there. Yeah, and, and it's one of those... It's really strange because I am in... I have a huge exhibitionist streak. Yes, you do. And right? I very much appreciate that. And, and so it wasn't that. And it wasn't... But there was nobody in there. So it wasn't like that was intimidating... I don't know what my problem was. I can't wait to go back to the sin room. Just yeah. going to say. But anyway, so the sin room, it was the last trip because that was the first time we'd been in there. Okay, true. Well, we went we went in and there were a couple of other couples that we convinced, well, maybe they convinced us to go in there. <laughs> my wing room is there for me. Your, your wing woman. Um, my wing woman. Yes, we did. Uh, we went in there and uh, each each of the couples got different beds and it was wonderful just to spend time with you and see other couples was amazing but even interacting and playing a little bit with the other couples to see the look on your face of enjoyment i loved just to you know just somebody else kissing you guy or girl both (laughs) actually just the the way your face lights up when a woman kisses you is so, I mean, compersion comes to mind, but it's just, it's amazing. I think that is so hot, so sexy. But that's maybe not the first time, or the first time, but it was one of the most memorable of just you being extremely happy and in the moment. I love that. Yeah, I remember, I remember we were in, in the, it's sort of a, I don't know, half circle, kind of three quarters of a circle with multiple separate play places. And we had on our, and there are sort of, I don't know, there's like little separate areas, like cushions, right? And so 
we each kind of had our own section and my wing woman and her husband were on our left and another couple were on our right, kind of a little further away. And, you know, we start sort of just doing parallel play, which I love parallel play. I love soft. And in fact, I think that night it was, I, I don't think that we full no, no, swapped no, no, that no, no, night no, no. actually. So it was all soft. So it was all about the eroticism and the touching and the playing. And that's, that's actually my favorite thing. And so my wing woman's husband had moved off. We need to probably come up with better words or better names for them. We'll have to ask them what they want to be called. Um, so let us know. And you had moved over to the, my wing woman. And I was sort of like, I kind of tapped out for the moment. I'm like, you had made me come. I was, yay. I thought, yay. I was sort of like, you know what? I am good, right? So I think I even like nudged you over to her. And I can remember I was laying there kind of on my side propped up on the pillow and I was just watching the two of you. But you'd never, uh, you're not a visual person. I tend to not be, although I have been more than in the last couple of years, I really have changed a little bit. But I remember just watching, you know, it's it's great lighting in there. It was so hot though. Not, it was hot sexy, but it was just freaking hot. The temperature was way too high. I was like, can we open the drapes? It was Mexico, but there was air conditioning. The disco was cold and the playroom was hot. But I can remember just watching you kissing her and touching her. And I just was so happy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was satisfied. So that was all good. Um, Check. check. (laughs) Check that box off more than once, I'm sure. And I just remember looking over and I knew you were enjoying yourself. I knew she was enjoying herself. Her husband was off enjoying himself with the other couple to our right. And I just enjoyed watching that. And it just made me happy and content. And I sort of had that half smirk on my face, uh, which is usually the, the cue that I'm, I'm in a really good headspace. So that's little little, you know teaser out there Mm -hmm. you know I think that moment of just watching you kissing her and running your fingers through her hair and just touching her all over and kissing her body that was a really great moment because everybody was in the moment right and then kind of her husband comes back and I'm sort of like I really I'm I'm done by this I was just done I'm like I'm happy I had tapped out so you sort of moved back over to me and he starts playing with his wife and I kind of went up and, and he was, I don't, I don't know how graphic engaged. to be. He was, he was, he was, was physically engaged. engaged with his wife. I don't know. He was fucking her. And I was just, I was standing behind him and I sort of had my hands on her hips. So like around him, right. I'm really front to his back. He's pounding his wife, and I've kind of got her legs, and I'm kind of holding her legs up as he's pounding her, and oh my gosh. And so not only had I felt compersion for those that moment where you and she were engaged, but I was feeling this absolute compersion for them as a couple, oh right? Yeah. And oh, wow. I wanted to cheer at one point. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and they are, they so are, hot. yes, they are hot. They are sexy. And then, then I just remember just laying there going, okay, that was really good. I don't smoke, but I kind of want a cigarette, right? 
And by that time, the disco had cleared out too, which was just crazy. Empty. And but the other thing, uh, do you remember like other couples came yeah, in the room were, and there I were six had couples in the sin room. And I've never seen more than one. I know. And what did these people? We never saw them again. No, they just like showed up. They did, but I was like. I didn't even, I was so engaged with what was going on, both with you and I, um, and with, with, you know, the wingman and, and her husband, that I, I didn't even see them come in. It wasn't until like, and I had tapped out, right? And I still wasn't aware that they were there because we were sort of in our own little bubble, um, the six of us. And that was just, that was really, oh my gosh, that was just such a great, great night. It was fantastic. Very memorable. It was very memorable. And we're going back to Pearl in yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. To find the syndrome. I think we'll, I, we might be able to get in the syndrome. And maybe this time. Make reservations. Make <laughs> always empty. Um, and we know enough people. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what my problem was before. I really don't understand it. I don't understand it. But, you know, we know enough people who are going to be down there that even if we just had six couples in doing parallel play. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, how hot would that be, right? I can't wait. And on that note. On that note, it's about time. Yes. It is about time. Thank you very much for podcasting with me tonight. Yes, thank you, Jamie. Good night, Jamie. Good night, Paul. It's time to play. Let's get play. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the New It Tags podcast. We love having you in our tribe. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at New It Tags Pod. Or you can email us at newwithtagspodcast at gmail.com. You can find pictures of Jamie's New It Tags lingerie and other fun pictures that Jamie has on Instagram, New It Tags Podcast. Now go out there and live your most authentic life. Seize the day.